Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jacob Albrot, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. We're getting ready for the weekend, the weekend off from the NFL before the final weekend of the NFL season. The Chiefs getting ready for another Super Bowl uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here with you. Um, Lots to get to today, as always. We'll be joined later this hour by the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, to look ahead to the weekend, see... Uh, what he has seen, and if the Cats can get things turned around and get back on a path to the NCAA tournament, we'll have that. Uh, Some other things, interesting stuff I pulled from the Shockers yesterday, sort of highlighting this up and down uh, within game season of the Shockers. We'll get you ready for KU in the game of the weekend, I think, in college basketball against Houston and we'll, of course, look ahead to the Super Bowl, all the other things happening around the sports world. Good morning, everybody. We'll give away some HTO today. We'll take your calls on the KFH hotline, 869-1240. Uh, Tommy, how are you today? I'm good. Happy Groundhog's Day. Yeah, okay. So what what do we have? Is it that or is it is it Baldersnob uh, Phil? Is that what I hear, Jad? Ted <laughs> renamed the, the uh, squirrel or the groundhog, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever whatever it is. the woodchuck is. Woodchuck, groundhog. What I thought it was know, a badger prairie dog or a possum. Prairie dog. Uh, prairie dog. Phil. <laughs> That's our prairie version dog. here in in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Prairie dog. I I had I um uh, I had to teach one of my kids what prairie dogging was the other day. Uh, they oh. thought it was hilarious, uh, as I do. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Uh, so the this the uh, the uh, critter there says more spring. I only listened to him. 
when he says more spring. If he yes. says more winter, I call it a hoax and like this is so stupid. But when he predicts an early spring, I'm like, yeah, duh, of course. We well, I'm not sure I've ever like really known exactly what has to happen. Like I get it mixed up. If he sees his shadow, I, yeah, don't, I don't know, know what either. that means. If he doesn't, I like I don't. I just I don't know. I have no idea. But we go through it every single year. I feel like I should learn this at some point. One one of the things you do have to remember about this, though, one of our features they were actually uh, discussing the results, like statistically, and statistically, he is wrong about sixty percent of the time. Yeah. So whatever the folklore says it's supposed to be, just assume the opposite, and you're going to be right more often than not. So the, he, he didn't see his shadow, and that means an early spring, so we're probably not going to get an early spring. There's at least a 60% chance. Hmm. So the 40% then that he's right, we will, again, pretend is just the time that uh, – that he predicts an earlier spring, right? Is that is that acceptable? Is that fair? I'm okay with that. It's fine with me. I don't yeah. think there's anything you can say that makes it any less dumb. So, you know, however if you, you want to look at it. <laughs> if you want to get a rise out of a meteorologist, just ask them what they think about Punk's Tony yep. Phil, uh, by the way. They'll let you know. Uh, but, yeah, early spring, the groundhog says so. So it shall be. And we will enjoy weather like we've had this week. For a long time, we're going to get some rain this weekend, which will be nice. It's, you know, the timing of it. I, I complained to our poor meteorologist. I'm like, guys, I, I love the rain. I know we need it, but I'm I'm trying to run an iced tea shop here. Could we get that rain like on a Wednesday, please, and not on the weekends? But uh, it'll rain out your weekend, but in a good way. We need it. And, it you know, like for here, it could be like a drought-busting rain. So we're looking forward to that uh, this weekend as well. It's been beautiful weather this week. does not feel like February 2nd, and I'm sure we'll get punched in the mouth by the winter again one or two more times before we actually do get to the spring, uh, but the Groundhog says it will come soon, and we'll listen to him this time. Tommy, I was digging through some of the shocker stuff yesterday, just trying to, you know, kind of what we were talking about. Like, it feels like within so many games, we get both the ceiling and the floor, and and it does bear itself out. So in, in a lot of the losses that we've seen, I pulled in and I didn't even include Memphis here because it's not really fair, right? Memphis was I know it was tight early, but in the Temple game, they had a nine point lead with like ten and a half left to go in the first half. FAU, they had a seven point lead with twelve and a half left to go in the game. USF, they had a four point lead with 17 to go left in the game. ECU, they had a three point lead in the second half. Tulsa was the most egregious, of course. Uh, that lead dwindled, but it was still at six. Uh, as we were getting toward the end, I think with about six minutes to go, all of these games within there have been those games where you felt like, you know, they, they sh- should have won, again, probably not fair, could have won is absolutely fair, and you'd like to get at least half of them, right? And so that that's where, like, again, is it, you know, it's like within games, you can be optimistic or pessimistic based on what you've seen. You see both the ceiling and the floor so often within an individual game. It is, I don't recall a team like that where you you feel like the ceiling is so much higher than the floor and there's no consistency in either of them. You know, even within an individual game, like it's not like it's game to game, it's within a game. Yeah, the trend is concerning about how they're not closing out games. And you just have to go back the other day to Tulsa to point that out. And there have been other examples. But I think what makes it 
so frustrating is that you have to kind of hold your breath. It doesn't matter if the team has an 11-point lead at halftime. It doesn't matter if they are in it and it's a one-possession game with a couple of minutes to go. This team has shown that they have have trouble closing out ball games. And until they can figure that part of it out, I don't care if they've got a double-digit lead. It's always going to make you a little bit nervous when you're playing any kind of conference opponent because we've seen this shocker basketball squad blow leads in multiple games this season. And and so I don't exactly know what the fix is for that. I don't know if that's a mental thing. If it's, you know, if you can point to one particular thing uh, in the, the games themselves that they need to improve on, maybe it's turnovers. I don't know exactly what it is that's been contributing every single game to them blowing those leads. But I do know that until that sort of thing is remedied, no lead is safe. And, and that makes it that much more nervous every time you take the court. Yeah, look, I, I think that adju- in-game adjustments are, are something um, – that we have to pay attention to, right? In-game adjustments have to get better. I I don't know. I it, it I I can't recall again. Like it's it is fascinating. I I don't remember a team that does this so often within a game. And again, I I do think it allows for some optimism when we talk about getting to the AAC tournament and making some noise. They have now shown that they can hang with anybody in the in the conference, right? The second half of Memphis, they were dominated. I mean, the second half against Tulsa, they were dominated too, I suppose. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they they have the ability to hang with anyone in the league. What does that mean? I, I mean, I think it means that an optimistic take, you can still give them a puncher's chance when you get to that point. What can we see between now and then to change it? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I probably similar to what we're seeing now. Consistency would be nice, obviously, but it, it's just it's interesting. They've had a lot of leads late in games that they have lost, and that's a problem. But they have had leads late in games that they've lost, so it's like, well, that's good, I suppose. Uh, they up next will have. Memphis, again, Saturday. This one's in Memphis tomorrow, noon. It's the big national window. Man, it would be nice for them to have a a good showing in that one. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little K-State hoops with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. They've got a big one. They're all big for K-State down the stretch here. They can't lose the one that they've got tomorrow. We'll talk to Wyatt about that and more next on Sports Day. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. And glad to be here with Wyatt Thompson again on a Friday on Sports Daily. Wyatt, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well. How about you guys? I'm doing well. I'm curious to know what the vibe is uh, right now around men's basketball. We want to get to some women's <laughs> basketball, too. But around men's basketball, yeah. the Cats 
On the outside looking in now, I'm fairly certain of the NCAA tournament. And you, we get to this situation with 10 left, I think, and two of them, including the one Saturday, are games that are not going to help their resume, certainly could hurt it. But there's a lot of pressure, I think, now on the Cats to win a lot of these games. And I guess my question to you is, are they in a position to do that right now? Well, I think you could probably argue that both ways, right? And I, I don't know that any of us necessarily have the answer. I think that's still the goal. But there needs to be, you know, some better and more consistent play to, to get there. And you're right. It's not an easy road. Everybody understands how good the Big 12 is these days. All you have to do is look at, you know, eight teams ranked or, you know, look at the net rankings or, you know, any of the other metrics. It's, it's going to tell you that. You know, Oklahoma State is a winnable game. Um, and yet, I don't think under these circumstances you can take it for granted. Um, you know, K-State's now lost three in a row for the first time under Jerome Tang. They struggled the other night mightily on the offensive end. Um, and I know um, after the game, Coach said that, you know, Wednesday was a mandatory day off. Uh, they practiced last night after the radio show, which was a little bit different. Uh, practice again today briefly before a flight at 3.30 and then a 1 o'clock game on Saturday. So there isn't a lot of time necessarily to kind of try to, you know, correct some things, but they've got to figure some things out offensively. And I don't want to be too long-winded here, but everybody kind of saw what happened. They, everybody's trapping K-State into the front court now, and they just haven't had a lot of good quality offense um at all now now with that said it, it isn't just being trapped there i mean they they had some good shots early in the game the other night they just didn't hit any and I, i've said this all year long i think at the end of the day they're pretty good when everybody's playing their part but they also need those big three uh which would be Kaluma, perry and cam to play well and it was one out of the three against Oklahoma, and that followed a blowout loss at Houston and a very difficult loss midweek last week in Ames. So, yeah, it's I, I you know, they're going to continue to fight, but it is a very interesting subject because to to get to, you know, with, with where they're at right now in the net and all of those kind of things and and the other metrics, uh, one would surmise that they'd probably have to win nine. I don't think they get in at eight and ten. Do you? I just don't. I think they have to win nine or more. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, probably. I, I think it, honestly, like, I think it's going to matter more about the quality of wins. It's always so hard with the net because yeah. it, it doesn't matter, and we know this historically, this just does not matter. We always want to look at the Big 12 standings when we think about how many Big 12 teams get in. But they're they're mm -hmm. telling us that they don't care as much about that. So, you know, if you're telling me they get – you know, quality wins over BYU twice, let's say, and, you know, uh, and and they get a couple of wins or one against Kansas. And, you know, if, if it's some combination of these high, high-end teams, right, mm -hmm. if it's, if it's yeah. one against Kansas, if it's Iowa State at home, if it's one or two against BYU – I, yeah. I and and maybe it's TC. Then I think it doesn't really matter the number of them. I think you you know as much as like where are they five hundred or whatever. I think that's what it's going to be. Like can can they get enough quality high quality wins to catapult themselves up? Because the metrics right. haven't really liked them all year, even when they were at the top of the league. 
Yeah, I think that that's a very, very fair assessment and statement. I would augment it this way. Think back to last year, and I understand that they're different seasons, but K-State early in the league race went on the road, won a game in Austin, won a game at Waco, and then they put themselves in a position to play themselves out, not play themselves in. <laughs> it's just kind of the opposite this time, don't you think? I mean, they yeah. just they need some of those games like what you're describing. If you look at most people that follow the game really pretty closely understand, I mean, I looked yesterday. You know where BYU is in the net as an example? Six. Six, yeah. Not 26 or 46, six. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities and, and it's so I totally agree with what you're saying, but I think what everybody would say that follows the cats uh, at all would, would say is, is, you know, this has been a team that has been pretty inconsistent and you just uh, concern yourself with, you know, can they put some things together here as we start the month of February? You know, following up with what you said a couple of moments ago, Wyatt, about the big three, I thought Porter Mosier did a great job in the game against Oklahoma limiting what Kaluma and Carter did in the game and, and really disrupting any kind of offensive flow from Kansas State. So for them to get that back and for them to be able to to have good offensive outings from either two of the three of the big three or even all three of them, what do you think Kansas yeah. State has to do to try to make sure that doesn't happen again? Well, this is going to sound like a little bit of an odd answer, but I, I think if you really seriously analyze the game the other night, and I'm going to repeat this, K-State had some good shots early. They just didn't make them. And I would tell you that part of the reason why I think Arthur struggled and Cam struggled was certainly Oklahoma and how they defended. But I also think, uh, if you look at it honestly, and I'm just being blunt here, um, K-State got almost nothing out of the five-man position. Uh, Will McNair played one of his poorest games, uh, not a lot out of Gerald Colbert. Uh, that makes it most difficult. Um, uh, Cam didn't shoot the ball well, and he had had 14 straight double-digit games. Uh, so, again, that's that's the, the thought that I keep you know, going to is that everybody has to at least play solid ball. You can't, you, you know, they just don't have the, the, the depth and the explosion that they had a year ago. So your margin of error is much, much smaller. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I mean, I think it does. It's just where are they going to find it, right? We talk about right. these wins that they need. Yeah. I, I just, that's that's where I get, it. I, I've used the term a couple of times now. I, I think they probably are more like who we thought they were going into the season than like mm -hmm. what they were when they started the Big 12 season. And so if we almost reassess our focus to, you know, the, the just the talent on the floor that we thought they'd have or whatever – they're going to have to overplay or play above their means a little bit to go get these. Now, I won't discount their ability to do that because I think Jerome Tang and his staff have done an incredible job. So it's it's like it'd be one thing if they were this really ultra-talented team, maybe more like last year, right, when they have a couple All-Americans, mm -hmm. versus right. this year where they they don't have that. I mean, they just flat don't have that. Well, the, the, <laughs> I, I – I guess this one has hung with me for a while, and I'll, I'll say it here on, on your airwaves, that Coach Tang talks a lot when I ask him about these really good teams uh, at the top of the league and 
the common denominator denominator is is that they usually have a a very very good point guard and two a rim protector and i don't necessarily think k-state has that right now tyler has had his ups and downs um he has not shot the ball this year like he has in past uh i i think in part maybe it's just you know, a new system, a new style. I mean, everybody knows that K-State's trying to play a little bit quicker. Uh, but, and I don't want to lay it all on, on you know, just one or two guys. And that's, you know, that's the easy probably way out. But, the, again, the margin of error is smaller. And I, I think when you have the, the, the talent that K-State had last year, uh, and and I mean this sincerely. I, I think what made them special last year were those two kids that we always talk about. But what made them even better was a Desi Sills who did, he wasn't the world's greatest shooter, but he did everything else great. Okay? Who's that guy this time? You know what I'm saying? I don't know that they necessarily have that either. And that's, you know, it's just, Sometimes you just have to be honest and kind of tell it like you see it, that they just don't have a Desi who can be a lockdown defender, who can get three or four steals, who, you know what I'm saying, um, can go out and get you, you know, five points, seven boards, three steals, whatever, one night, and 15 the next. It's just they, they don't have that guy right now. They just don't. You know, Wyatt, we talked about this last week. at the rim, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about this last week, and, and I know we talked about it before also. This team uh, just sounded. You know, that's just something that, you know, they have, they've struggled with, especially in Big 12 play. That's something that you think can be corrected as conference play rolls on, or is it something they're just going to have to compensate for? Now, say the first part of that. I'm not sure I understood the question. They get out rebounded and, you know, they, they've struggled yeah. on the boards. And so is that something yeah. that is fixable moving forward or are they going to have to compensate for that? Well, if I'm being honest, I, I would say it's probably a little of both. I, I think they're really a decent rebounding team when it is in the forefront of their mind. Um, if you remember when K-State was eliminated last year by FAU, um, it was mainly because of the rebounding. And I think this team... Uh, is one too that has had moments where they've been pretty good, but when you're looking at the last, you know, three or four games, it has not been good enough. Uh, so that has to be a, a major focus. That, that and that's I, I think the thing. I you don't want to overreact. I learned a long time ago doing this that you're usually not as good as you think you are, or as bad as you think you are when uh, through the ups and downs of a long conference season. So I say that to say this. I I think if you look when K-State has played well, as an example, uh, Baylor at home, what did you get? Okay, against a pretty good and probably decent defensive team. Would you you say that's accurate? Uh, Or the elite offensive team, but but a decent defensive team. K-State played good offense in that game. Why? Well, uh, they, they handled the pressure. They reversed the ball. They got paint touches. They didn't turn it over nearly as much and got better shots. It, it, it isn't, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, again, you can make it as complex or as simple as you want, but at the end of the day, that, that's, you hit a couple, two or three shots early the other night. Maybe the game's totally different. You don't know. But when you go to the under, the, 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 uh, 
the second media timeout and you haven't scored, that's that's pretty problematic. And yet they were they were still in the game. They were in the game at fifty one forty four and had just a horrible four minute stretch where they turned the ball over like three times. It's a twelve to one run and you're done. They can't do that and win games in this league. I yeah, I, I just I, I'm confused. I'm not confused. I'm I'm pretty I, I think that I've solidified what I think needs to happen. I just what I'm confused about is can it, and I think that's on this coaching staff. And I am honestly sure. and legitimately excited about that challenge for them to see that and then uh, throw it out. All right, so let's we just let's just look at the schedule. We can play little. You can throw Oklahoma State and West Virginia out the window because those aren't wins that are going to help them. So. BYU, you mentioned they're six. It's a strange thing. Metrics are strange. Don't understand them, but they're six, even despite four losses in the conference already. So you get two against BYU. You get one at home against TCU. You get Texas on the road. You get Cincinnati on the road, Kansas on the road, uh, Kansas at home, and Iowa State. I think they're going to need to split with the Jayhawks. Can they win two against BYU? I don't know anything about BYU, Wyatt. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know if you've looked at them yet. I think they can oh, beat I Texas. I, I think they can beat Texas. Texas has looked vulnerable. I think they can win at home against Iowa State. I think they can go on the road and win. I mean, I think it's all there. Like, it, the, the the optimist, yeah. you know, take is there for them. they got to still go do it. But but there's there, I think there are enough winnable games for them if they play their best basketball, which we've seen them play this year, for them to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you said a lot there, and I, th- I think that's the way you have to have to approach it. I I, um, I, I will say this though too. I, I do think the game in Stillwater Saturday and the game here against West Virginia will be harder than most people perceive it to be. West Virginia is different now with Jesse Edwards back. They have that you know rim protector and score back that they've lacked all season long, or, or most of the season anyway, uh, along with several other pieces. And when Oklahoma State was here before, K-State kind of struggled with uh, their foreman. Uh, can they correct that a little bit? And can they avoid just really a poor start? That's the other thing we haven't talked a lot about. In the last three games, their starts have been just bad. I mean, it's just you get, you got to say it that way. They, they, they were down big early. like It was 41-29 at half in, in Ames and, and fought back, tied the game five times. Never were really a part of the game in Houston, down 11 and up in the start. And then the start the other night, you did, I mean, it doesn't matter who you play or where you play. You can't do that. You just can't. Why? Right, I want to ask. I want to ask you real quick about women's basketball. I know we're going to transition to that. Um, You know, the Wildcats, they fall uh, on Wednesday to Oklahoma. Uh, Only the second loss of the the season for the Wildcats. No Aoka Lee still. Is this a team that you think can still win a national championship? Well, I think they're in the neighborhood. You know, I I, I do. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about this. You wouldn't know this, but. I'm going to be doing one of their games coming up here because uh, Brian will be traveling with baseball. um, And I'm so excited about it because they're so fun to watch with or without Aoka. I mean, and and don't criticize me for that because this is a a fabulous player and an all-American talent. Would you rather have her? Of course, but they've been pretty good without her. I mean, it's not a crime to lose in Norman. And I think what hurt them more than anything else, they played a solid game, but they turned the ball over a little bit too much and, that's going to call and, and OU hit shots. You know, they're, they're, we go back to that thought too, right? Basketball is pretty good when you're hitting shots. 
So I, I think what I would say is, is I, the reason I think they can make a deep run, it's hard winning championships, but I think that they can make a deep run because with Aoka, they're legitimately 10 deep. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that, that really stands out. Um, Sundell is having a terrific year as their point guard. Uh, the the Glenn twins have been solid. Gabby's good. Zy Walker, the young lady from Wichita Heights, has been a nice ad, and and she's got a ton of good basketball ahead of her. And I love Eliza Moppin's game and Sanchez's game. So they've got some really good talent. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about where they're at, and they have another tough one Sunday. I mean, they're at Texas, but you know I, I'm looking. <laughs> if I'm being honest here, I'm I'm looking about okay. Let's say. Let's say they can't. They don't win the game Sunday. I just hope people hang with them here because those are two hard places to play against the next probably two most talented teams in the league. And you got you know you get Aoka back towards the end of the month and things could change very very rapidly. This is a, I mean this is a two thousand point score and one of the best players to ever play here, maybe the best player to ever play here. Yeah, that's, I mean look, you just get it. They've had a lot of good ones here. Yeah. You get you get her back and you take your chances in the tournament. I you know I, I think the no most play. important thing is obviously making yeah. sure she's fully fully healthy. Right. I, I, no rushing. And, and I don't think they will do that. Yeah. How much fun is it to have that on campus right now? Because it looks like everybody's fully locked in and engaged appropriately to how good this team is. Uh, but I, I come from a place where. Women's basketball is a big deal. Uh, I, you know, there were more mm-hmm. fans usually at the women's games when I was in college at West Texas A&M than the men's, and and it's great. And I know what it can do on campus, yeah. and and I, yeah. I love that aspect to things. I imagine for just even just the student body there, it just it's another awesome thing to be able to go do and support on whatever night it happens to be happening. Well, I think people really uh, got turned on by this team when they beat Iowa. Um, that was a really big deal because even the most casual of basketball fans saw what Caitlin Clark was and did last year. And she was the talk of, of women's college basketball this season and, and continues to be. And they split with a team like that. And it kind of augments that, hey, pay attention, everybody. This group's pretty good. And then they blaze out to a 20 and one start um, and, and beat, you know, some pretty good teams along the way you know, um, beat North Carolina early and that, that kind of stuff. So um, in terms of here on campus, it's really been fun. You mentioned the students. They've been great, really, for both the, the men and the women. The men all season long, the women uh, definitely since the Iowa game. A- and yet also I think there are more people coming just, you know, around town and around the area uh, to watch this group, whether it's Wichita or Topeka, Kansas City, whatever it might be, just because – it is such a, a, a great value ticket-wise and fun to watch. I mean, they're very fundamentally sound. They play really good basketball, and they're winning a bunch, and why not? I mean, I, I got back from uh, the game the other day and drove by the arena, and they're playing, and I'm listening to it on the radio, and I'm like, wow, that is so cool to see this many cars in the east and west lots or around Bramlage. It was awesome. Wyatt, we appreciate it. So you guys will have the call. We'll have it beginning uh, right at noon here against mm-hmm. Oklahoma State on KFH. Uh, Got to have it. I, it's not one that's going to excite the metrics or do anything like that, but you can't, they can't <laughs> let it slip away either. They got to get it done. Yeah, and it, it's and you know this. The, it's a quick turn, too, with 
OSU in Stillwater, and then Monday night Kansas here. So this is this is, yep. and then we go to BYU a, a week from tomorrow. So pretty big. Not not that they aren't all, but uh, pretty big stretch of games here for sure. Yeah, got to snap the streak. Can't let that one slip away. Wyatt will enjoy the call this weekend. Have a great day and have a good trip to Stillwater. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app. K-State men's basketball broadcasts are always available live for you here on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And on the Odyssey app, tune in Saturday uh, for the Wildcats in Stillwater against Oklahoma State or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at game time. Tommy and I will be back. Uh, Lots to get to today. We'll dig a little bit more back into Super Bowl prep, more chatter yesterday uh, among some of the key chiefs, what they had to say, what they were talking about. I'll tell you what I took away from Mahomes' sound yesterday when we return. AFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, getting you ready for a Super Bowl. Now just, what are we, eight days away? Uh, man, no, ten, nine days away. Nine days away. It's Friday, not Saturday. Getting ahead of myself here. Um, so th- this is a pretty critical week, but a week that's much quieter than ne- next week will be, certainly. Uh, some things standing out. Yesterday, Pat, I, I went through, and I did not listen to all of the Chiefs sound yesterday, but I did Patrick Mahomes. There is uh, there's a little edge to him that's not normally seen. I can tell you that, like from what I can tell, just in his mannerisms and, and everything. Like that dude is locked in right now. He seems like a little angry or something. I can't quite put my finger on it, um, but it's there. I think it's there, and it's interesting. And probably not a good sign for the 49ers, but he does seem a little edgy right now. That's that's sort of the tone I took from yesterday's availability. Yeah, you know, and I think that part of that, the way that this season is played out for him, I think part of it is Patrick Mahomes is competitive. We've seen that on countless uh, countless situations, countless times throughout his career. But it's partially the way that this season is played out. It has not been, as we all know a perfect season for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And they've been doubted more than they ever have been. I've doubted them more than I ever have in Patrick Mahomes' career. I think a lot of people have suggested that, you know, maybe he lost a step or whatever that might be for whatever reason. We've we talked about it at length and it's well documented. And here they are. They're competing for a world championship in back-to-back years. And If I were him, I'd be edgy too. I get it. I get, you know, the naysayers are there and they've morphed into the villains. They've morphed into the dynasty and people want to see, and this is the way it always is. People want to see the team at the very top get knocked down a peg. And, you know, I think that has to do with kind of why his attitude is the way it is. There's no question. It's, you know, he, he uses that and, and you really can't fulfill your, you know, prove the doubters wrong, told you so you know, storyline unless you win this game, right? Like, in reality, I think them getting to this point, despite some of the issues they face this year, is pretty nice 
I know that the, I know Chiefs Kingdom has reached this point of Super Bowl or bust. I understand that, but the reality is it's pretty impressive that the Chiefs reached this point. But that doesn't matter now. You know, you can you can look back at that in three years and say, yeah, that was pretty impressive back then when they did that. Remember when they? But no, right now, if you don't win it, it's and and that's you hear that all the time. Like I forget who it was was just telling a story or recalling just how painful it was to lose a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think it was Mark Donovan actually on the on the Kingdom show here talking about when he was in Philadelphia and like as immediately after the game, it's like we may never get back here again. Now, the Chiefs are in a little bit different position than that, but I get it. Uh, Joey Bosa running his mouth a little bit. Good for the Chiefs saying, yeah, or sorry, not Joey, Nick Bosa. Uh, he, he was asked about, you know, the Chiefs tackles the bookends, Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor, and he basically just said they hold a lot. Um, so there you go. I mean, they Put do. That, they <laughs> they do. He's not incorrect. Juwan Taylor but... is Juwan Taylor's the most penalized player in the NFL. So, uh, he's, yeah, he's talking he's about wrong. like on film, like what do you see out yeah. of him? All that kind of stuff. Like, okay. Like I, they'll have something for him. I mean, you know that they will, they'll hear that they'll process it. They'll put it away. They'll file it away. Travis Kelsey will probably have something to say to him during the game. And that'll be incredible to watch. And, and you know, and that's, that's just sort of what this becomes. Like, I, I think it's so relatable, honestly, because it's... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's just like the rest of us are, right? Like, like I shouldn't say all of us, but a lot of us, most of us, certainly me, right? Like, if I'm out yeah. there on the field and and Nick Bosa goofs up, 
you better believe I'm going to have something to say about, you know, they hold or whatever it is. Like if he gets pancaked or something like, yeah, you got to like, well, you got to say something you do at listening to, you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes laughing it up on the Pat McAfee show about how they were so ready. If Tucker missed a kick to get out there and say something like, yes, like, when, you know, whatever it is playing beer league softball, like you're, you're paying attention. You're probably, and that's what I think like to me, is so enjoyable about the Chiefs is because at least Kelsey and Mahomes, they're so relatable to the way the rest of us operate, right? When we're out there just talking a little trash and, you know, filing stuff away and are ready to pounce on any opportunity to do it. I I enjoy that part of it so much, and I'm so glad that Nick Bosa uh, had that to say because it just gives us another storyline to look at. I know that you are a longtime professional wrestling fan, and – don't you think that the Chiefs have leaned into this full heel turn? You know, especially with everything that has happened, like with Justin Tucker last week and the all the things on the sideline from the regular season when they were so frustrated. Like, they know that they're the villains now. They know that people want to see them fall. And I think they're kind of leaning into it a little bit. And they've completed that full-fledged heel turn. Tom Brady yeah. was the same way at the yeah, height they- of the Patriots dynasty. Like, they've kind of done that, I think. So I think that they're more of the lovable bad guy, right? So I think people genuinely disliked Tom Brady far more than anyone genuinely dislikes Kelsey and Mahomes. Yeah, they're the villain, but they wear it well, and they're the popular villain, right? They're the early Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, people are trying to paint them as the villain, yet you enjoy them so much, right? Like, and it's... I, at least that's what it appears to me, and and it's hard for me too because so I live in Chiefs Kingdom. Obviously, everybody loves the Chiefs, or most people do, and even then back home when I talk to people, everybody loves the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. So I never feel the Chiefs. The only time I feel the the heat is from I've got some good friends that are big time Forty ers fans, and because of the last Super Bowl and now of course this one. They don't like the Chiefs at all, but it's not very many people when I run around, so I can't find the haters. You know, and I guess on TV, like, you see analysts and stuff trying to dissect Mahomes, but we've been doing that since the beginning of time with football, right? We did that. We do that with everybody. Like, we always want the next thing. Who's going to be the next? Who's going to be the next? And I don't don't think it's just chatter either because we didn't think there was going to be a next Brady and we already have it. They played at the same time for a brief period of time. They played against each other in a big game or two. So I don't mind people trying to find the next one. The problem for them is Mahomes is very young still. Like he could easily play another 10 or 12 years at a high level. And so while you're trying to find the next one, he's going to be at his peak at least when you were trying to find the next Brady and Mahomes came along, it was at the very end of Brady. Now, Brady won another Super Bowl, uh, but I, I I, don't know. I think they're the lovable bad guys. Like, this isn't this isn't LeBron James-level hate. This isn't Tom Brady-level hate, Kobe Bryant-level hate. Like, these are the lovable bad guys. Does anybody really hate the Chiefs? I think people hate what the Chiefs have become. Now, I think people I think they hate, hate their where, success. They hate the success. That's just natural, though. You know, right. you've got a team that has a lot of success and you're always rooting for the underdog. And, and I when I don't have a dog in the fight, if I'm watching a Super Bowl or if I'm watching the World Series or whatever it is, 
I'm usually going to cheer for the team that was not expected to be there over the team that is always there to watch them, you know, get to the top of the mountain. I will agree with you. The Chiefs as villains are different than like the Astros were villains. Everybody hates the Astros for genuine reasons. The Astros had a dynasty in the same way that the Chiefs have a dynasty. But the, the level of hate is entirely different, I think, between those two teams, where it's not like the Chiefs have done anything wrong. They just win a lot. They have a lot of fun while doing it. I think that when they struggled this season, a lot of te- a lot of people were ready to knock them off that mountain entirely. And I think it rubs people the wrong way that all they did was just win and find their way back to the Super Bowl. The conspiracy theorists probably have a genuine, but I, I think there's a few reasons why it's hard to hate them to the same level some of the dynasty teams have been hated we'll do that in the next hour we got to take a quick break 869-1240 on the way out of this hour let's give away some hto jad we'll do a free iced tea and a free brew house coffee uh, the iced tea more than 25 flavors available for you at any of the wichita or derby locations the coffee available either at the east wichita location or in derby good luck first caller to that kfh hotline we'll get that we'll come back we'll continue this conversation how are the chiefs perceived outside of chief's kingdom that's next on sports daily Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 